Hey guys, welcome to the Blue Rose Podcast, where the focus is moving towards things that feel good. Every week, we explore different topics in outdoors, travel, balance, wellness, with the common theme of following your passions. Join me, your host, as I share stories from all over the world. This podcast is all about embracing new experiences and turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. excited to chat with you and hear a little bit more about just your story honestly yeah thanks for having me too so why don't you start off and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do cool so I'm Tara Fury I currently have a nine-to-five in tech which is like the fundraiser for my life is how I think of it. And then I have a side business that I'm growing in copywriting. So working with online clients, um, mainly those who are creating online courses, and I'll help them write the copy for all of their sales pages and their email marketing. Okay. And what's your job in tech? Like, do you like it, not like it? So I'm a customer success manager. So essentially like an account manager. And I do like it. Um, It's it's definitely different. You know, it's, is it my passion? No, but do I hate it? No. You know, it just kind of pays the bills at work. So like my coworkers, I work remotely. So there's a lot of really good things about it. And how do you find that with building a business on the side? Like how is, how do you manage that? Yeah, it can definitely be a lot to balance the two. I think since I have been little, I've always been someone who's tried to jam pack my days full of things and I've always had this little like entrepreneur you know person on my shoulder saying what if you did this or what if you did that thing Mm -hmm. so splitting my time has always felt more natural you know someone who when there's a lot of downtime I kind of sit around and I say okay well what do I do now what am I supposed to do shouldn't I be working or doing something so it can definitely be difficult splitting the time between my nine to five and giving that the full time that I need. And then also building my own side hustle, side business, whatever you want to call it. But I found some good ways to kind of balance my time. For example, since it's writing, I write the best in the morning. So I tend to get up a lot earlier than I have to start my job and I'll do my writing then. That way when five o'clock hits and my regular job is done, I'm free for the evening to keep working on my business if I want to, or I can get dinner with friends, do whatever I'm going to do. Um, so that's one way that I've kind of found to balance. And another is I set different days and different times to do things so that it doesn't feel like this huge looming list of things to do. It's like, okay, on Thursday at six o'clock, I'm going to do this thing. Great. It's in my calendar. I know that it's there. I can block off the time and then kind of you know go on with my life from that so it's not always trying to find these small pockets of time it's um scheduling a lot of it ahead of time yeah yeah I can I can relate to that I tend to like uh task schedule like for days so like on one mm-hmm. day I do everything for my podcast one day I do because I just cannot go from one thing to the next to the next because otherwise I feel like my to-do list just it never ends. Like there's always something to do when you're trying to achieve something. So, um, but I do kind of want to go. So I'm interested in kind of how you got to where you are. So when we chatted a bit, you said that you've had 
multiple career changes. You mm -hmm. are 31, I think you said. And yeah. I think you mentioned just like the idea that having multiple career changes kind of wasn't okay. And so I'm wondering kind mm -hmm. of like, how did you get to this point where, you know, you're working your nine to five, but then you're also starting this business, but who kind of told you that it wasn't okay to change careers multiple times and kind of what have, what have your careers been? Like what, what are the shifts? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I had, <laughs> I had like three dreams. It was be a teacher, own a bookstore and be a millionaire, right? Like those are my, like three, Perfect. my three different, you know, career tracks that I chose for myself. And out of those, my parents kind of fostered the teacher one the most because it was the safest route. You know, when I got to college, I decided to study education and I had thought about minoring in business so that I would have business skills if I ever wanted to start my own business, be in a bookstore or some other type of business. But I couldn't wrap my head around how you actually started a business. And so I kind of in college was like, well, whatever, I'm not gonna do business anymore. I'll just do education. So I got to my senior year right before I was supposed to student teach. And I had spent the summer prior to that in Colorado for the first time working at a summer camp and started to realize, oh, teaching doesn't have to be in a classroom, right? Teaching can be outside. You can be doing outdoor ed. You can teach people in a corporate setting how to do their job. You can do all these different things. And teaching is one of the few careers, I think, that when you go to college, you feel like you're really boxed in. You're like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to have a classroom. I'm going to make bulletin boards, you know, and you kind of have that career. Same thing with a nurse, um, maybe a lawyer. You know, you go to law school, you're going to be a lawyer, right? And you kind of feel boxed into that one thing. So once I went to summer camp and realized, oh, there's all of these other things I can do, I called my parents and said, I don't want to be a teacher anymore in the classroom. I'm not going to student teach. You know, I'm going to go do something different and do outdoor ed. And they said, no, <laughs> you have to at least graduate with your teaching degree and you need to student teach because okay. in order to become a certified teacher in any state, you need to go through an accredited program or I should say for any public school, okay. you need to do that. So you need to student teach in order to get there. So I said, fine, I'll student teach and you know, did that, graduated. And then was like, finally, I get to go, you know, do outdoor ed or something different. Um, so I became an outdoor educator for a few years, and then I did eventually do classroom teaching, and I taught, you know, seventh and eighth grade math, and very traditional, you know, got to school at seven, taught my lessons, left, all of that. And throughout all of it, though, I never really felt great about my decision to teach, but I didn't know what else to do. Again, I felt kind of boxed in. I was like, okay, I did outdoor ed. That was cool. Now I'm in the classroom. I don't really want to be an admin. I don't want to be a principal. I don't want to be an instructional coach. So I guess I'm a teacher forever. And then right. I, taught yeah, I taught at a few different schools and tried to find like a model that fit more what I was interested in. Still couldn't quite find them. I taught at schools where we would go on these, you know, week-long out trips with students and then we would come back and I would be their math teacher and you know, found all these different models and tried to chase like happiness in that way. Like maybe I'll try to here, maybe I'll try there. 
couldn't find anything. And then my second to last year teaching, I got shingles when I was like 26, I think. And I don't know how much you know about shingles, but it typically like 60 or 70 year olds get it. And it's brought on by so essentially it's a chicken pox for adults. Okay. And um, it's brought on in younger people, typically by stress. And that was my sign as an adult to say, okay, teaching is causing me to physically get sick. I, I need to make a change in this. And my parents were very worried about me leaving teaching. And are you sure? And maybe you didn't find the right school. And maybe you just need X, Y, or Z. And I had all this experience. I had been at three schools. I'd been in outdoor ed and I couldn't find what felt good teaching. And I was talking to a friend one day and he had mentioned uh, a publishing program, like for book publishing. And it was a summer program. It was a graduate level. It was one month. It was in Denver. I was in Denver. I was like, wow, this is perfect. I wanted to own a bookstore. I love reading. I love books. So, okay, maybe, maybe I'll do this. And I found this one month program that fit with my teacher summer. Because um, basically, I, when you leave teaching also, you're typically paid through that summer, and then, then you're done. So you get paid for maybe two months after your last day of working. So it's like, okay, I've got a paycheck until August. You know, that's, that's how long I can sustain for. So I did that program, and it, it just kind of started to open up all these other avenues. And through my own conversations there and experience there, I realized that teaching equips you with so many skills that you just need to find the words to apply it to another job, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going into sales, you have great communication. You can talk to a sixth grader about math. You can talk to their parents respectfully about why their student isn't doing their homework. You can talk to an admin about whatever's going on. And, you know, you have all these great communication skills. But when you're teaching, you're like, oh, I just teach math. That's it, you know? And so I started to realize I could use all of the skills that I had from teaching to do something totally different. And I just needed to find a way to essentially word my resume to sound appealing, to get through whatever technology all of my you know, resumes were going through. Um, so I did the publishing program. I loved that. It was so different from what I was used to. And then right when I, I ended up moving that year just to a different part of Colorado. And there was a bookstore in town that happened to be hiring for the first time in two years. And so I said, great, perfect. You know, I'd love to come work and it worked out. So I worked there for a few years and I loved it. It's been my favorite job so far. You know, it's, it's not just sitting around and reading all day like people like to think it is, but it's, uh, it was a lot of fun and I really love the people and the work and it doesn't pay very well. So after a few years of doing that and kind of decompressing from teaching, I thought, okay, I kind of need to make another shift and I need to find a job that makes more money. And throughout all of this, it had been the pandemic. And so I had started tutoring, um, just doing private tutoring because parents needed tutors because their kids were home all day. And so again, it was kind of balancing, okay, here's my nine to five is the bookstore. Well, when can I fit in tutoring all these other families? Um, and then Eventually, I found a job in publishing that worked out with, with kind of what I was looking for. I was looking for more of like a sales rep position. And so I ended up taking that job. And 
it was another transition. I was leaving a career that I loved in the bookstore and a job that I loved, but again, to make more money and to get to do the other things that bring me a lot of joy and value, like traveling and getting outside and having the time and, and space to do that, I needed to shift. So took that publishing job. Um, it got acquired by a tech company, which is where, <laughs> where I am now is kind of like how I got into tech. And then throughout that, I've kept tutoring on the side. And then I was like, actually, maybe all of this stuff of like not really loving teaching and my, my day job being fine, but not my favorite. It's like, maybe I just want to be my own boss. Like, maybe that's actually what I've been chasing this whole time in all of these different ways. And maybe I want to make my own schedule and be able to do what I want. And a friend of mine had also recently left teaching. She was like, hey, I'm going to become a copywriter. There's a lot of teachers who are kind of moving this direction. And so I started looking more into that and took a course in it, again, like an online course and um, have been growing that piece ever since. So the end goal is to be fully self-employed that way. But mm -hmm. right now my day job gives me the flexibility to do that. So that was a, a long answer of all of like the different paths that I've kind of taken and the different times that I've had to leave jobs. But Right now, I think I feel the most fulfilled and the happiest because I see the most potential in my business that I'm growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, that's that's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm at a place right now where I'm kind of in that decision right now that you were in of like, I'm going to quit teaching, but like your parents are kind of like, but are you sure like and I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not quitting anything it's more of just like I don't necessarily want to do the traditional thing and mm -hmm. it's more just feeling very boxed in so like when you were talking you talk a lot about feeling very boxed in and just like oh this is the only avenue I can take with teaching but they don't tell you that in school they don't tell you that just because I'm getting an education degree doesn't mean I have to go teach in a classroom I can go work at a summer camp like literally anywhere around the world but they don't yeah. they don't advertise that and so it's not interest like it's not something that people want to do but I'm interested in what did that decision kind of feel like with you and your parents like how did you because most people I feel like would stay in that position like they would let outside voices tell you mm -hmm. that you shouldn't do that they would listen to what their parents have to say and they would kind of like and I'm also interested in this point that you made about your health and how you noticed that and you were like this is you know this is a sign of I'm unhappy and I'm stressed rather than being like oh I went and got medicated or something mm -hmm. and then decided to just keep <laughs> keep living the same life that I'm living because that's interesting in itself of like most people wouldn't take that action as well and realize like something's seriously wrong with the way I'm just existing so I'm curious kind of like that's a long question of like a lot of different things but kind of how that all made you feel and how you kind of made those decisions yeah yeah, so when I was back in college and told my parents, hey, I don't actually want to teach anymore, and they said, you know, you have to do your student teaching and at least have your degree. Right when I graduated, I got a job as a long-term sub at a school, and they were so excited because they were like, oh, great, you're going to be a teacher, and you're going to find out you love it. 
And at the same time, I had applied for an outdoor education position. And the outdoor ed position didn't work out for the, the start time that I needed. But because I was a long-term sub, I went to outdoor ed when I was done with that piece. And my parents, when I chose that, they were like, well, you know, are you sure that's what you want to do? You're not going to, like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to live there? Because I was moving, again, to a different state to do that. And I was like, well, you know, the company provides housing and it provides food and it provides this and that and all these things. And um, I think because they're not familiar with it, they don't get it. And, you know, my mom has stayed in her job for her whole career, basically. And my dad has been much more entrepreneurial, but over the past probably like 15 years or so, he's had the same business. Um, So I went to outdoor ed kind of against their wishes. And I think it helped my sister at one point, I think kind of said to them, Hey, you know, like, Tara's only 21. Like, it's okay. You can, <laughs> she's going to like figure this out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And she'll go back to teaching. Like I had a degree to fall back on and a backup plan. Well, then once I was out in outdoor ed, I got promoted. And when I was promoted, I kept that promotion for about six months or so, and then said, actually, I do want to try being in the classroom full time. And at that point, my parents said, well, are you sure? Like, you just got this promotion at this job. And, you know, maybe you should stay here and give that because it's steady. And, you you know, they kind of flipped. They, they ended up liking that I was at this other job and realized, I think that was their first time realizing that I made this choice as an adult, you know, outside of college. And, I was successful in what I was doing and I was good at what I was doing. You know, I had gotten this promotion for a reason. And I think that that made them kind of start to realize, okay, she's going to be fine with what she does, but we're still going to worry about that. So then I became a teacher. And then again, they were like, oh, great. You know, she's a teacher. This is fine. And if I switched schools, they were supportive, didn't really care. Um, And then once I, yeah, like the, I got shingles and couldn't realize this needs to change. I gave myself one more year of teaching. And that timeline helped my mental health just to say, okay, if this is a bad day, well, I'm done like May 25th or whatever it was. That's my last day. I don't need to worry about this again. And I think it gave my parents time, gave them a full year where I would say, nope, I'm still leaving teaching. No, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm not going back to the classroom and I'll figure it out. And by that point, I had made enough other life changes and I moved myself across the country and did all these things where they realized that I was going to be okay. And I wasn't, you know, going to come back to them and say, actually, I'm broke. And, you know, can you send me money? Which there's nothing wrong if that happens, but it, they knew that I wasn't going to be that person. I'm, I'm like too proud to let that happen and even working at the bookstore which didn't make a lot of pay I was like all right I've got a tutor I've got to find all these other ways to supplement my income because this is what I want to be doing so I think that having done it a few times made them less worried and then um, having given them kind of a, a timeline helps them out and then even when I took my current position that I have which is arguably steadier and better because it's better pay than what I was making at the bookstore. 
they were like, well, are you sure you want to do that? You know, like you just got promoted at the bookstore or I had been promoted around a year prior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to, but I, I kind of have to if I, you know, want to be able to do other things with my life as well. And so now I think that they, they trust me. And when I talk to my dad, he's, you know, I, I'll tell him, yeah, I'm doing this writing thing or I'm tutoring or this or that. And the older I've gotten, the more he's kind of shared about what he did when he was younger. And he was like, oh yeah, I started a business trying to sell picnic tables. I started a business trying to do this. I did one trying to do that. And he's like, keep throwing mud at the wall until something sticks that you like. And I'm like, well, this is where I get it from, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, because this is what I grew up seeing. I just didn't always realize what I was seeing, you know, in, in the day to day. So I think they've, they finally come around, but it did take some, some time to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm realizing that more and more in my parents, as you get older too, it's just like such a generational thing as well. I mean, my whole life, my mom has been a teacher and my dad has been a doctor. But before my dad went to medical school, he worked in a warehouse for like four years. Like it wasn't this, let me graduate college and then go get this big high paying job. It was like, he was the first person to graduate college in his family. And then, you know, but I think that's the piece that makes them feel like we have to follow this this structured path is like they were the first ones to go to college and they worked really hard to get there and so now us being like wait but I don't want to follow this traditional thing I think it's very hard for them to understand I think it it can be really difficult and it's I think sometimes they have this fear that like oh man my kid is like the weirdo who's going off the rails and because I'm sure they hear about their friends kids who have this steady job or whatever it is but they don't know that full story of you know what that other kid went through or how they got to where they're going and I think yeah that it's just it's a scary thought for them to to think about well what about your pension what about your retirement what about you know all of these other things and I'm like well that can be figured out and and that's fine, but it doesn't have to be figured out all at the same employer forever. And now that my parents are nearing retirement, I kind of want to ask them, which I haven't yet, but maybe I will just like, what would you have done differently while you were living? Like you took this one very traditional path. Do you regret any of that? Mm -hmm. You know, or did it feel really aligned for you? And did it work exactly how you wanted it? question to to ask people um Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering so you said that for them obviously it's a scary thing but what did it feel like for you because like you're saying that you you trusted this to be like I'm gonna figure it out like I have no idea what I'm doing right now but don't worry like I'll figure it out so how did you kind of trust that because I find sometimes I have a very hard time trusting in my own decisions sometimes because there's this piece of us you know it's indecisive we're impulsive and mm-hmm. there's just option overwhelm so it's like how do you trust that when you decided like I'm gonna figure it out you know yeah yeah so I think I had known while teaching regardless of the school that I was at I knew that I wasn't happy 
-hmm. And so I knew that something needed to change. Like I lived for three o'clock when the final bell rang and I could go and try to disconnect, but I wasn't actually able to disconnect. So I felt really low during those times. And it was, um, it was really hard just because I wasn't happy with my job. I felt like it took all of my time, all of my energy. You know, I had parents accusing me of being a horrible person or, you know, all of these things, they take your character into account because they're so protective of their kids. And again, when I got sick, I realized this is the final straw. And so it was actually getting that sick that I realized I can't keep doing this. Like I feel horrible. I physically feel horrible. I mentally don't feel good. I, I just need to make a change. And I ended up feeling really hopeful about it, though, once I finally gave myself permission to say, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. And like verbalizing that and thinking it versus just trying to push through and push through and maybe it'll get better next year and next year, you know, or next week. And then I started to feel a lot of hope and optimism, which sounds a little bit cheesy, but I did because it was kind of like, wow, there's all of these options and things I can do. And yeah, I don't know what it's going to be that I'm going to do but I could do anything. And I think that that just gave me a lot of permission to start exploring things and telling people I'm leaving teaching. And they would say, what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. And then they would have, you know, some idea that they had about what I should do or, Oh, you're really good at this. Have you thought about blank? And kind of say, no, not that, no, not that maybe, you know, and kind of kept this running list going but by the time I actually found the publishing program, I was like, oh, that's, that's exactly what I want. And then it got really exciting because like the days were counting down for school to be done. And I was like, I don't need to worry about grades anymore. I don't need to worry about this behavior plan for a kid anymore. Like, wow, this is going to be perfect. And so yeah. I think as I started to get to the end of teaching, I was very, very excited, very ready for all of that. There was some fear of not of am I making the right choice because I knew that I was, but teaching was comfortable, even though I didn't like it, it was what I had known. And so, you know, the last few days I was like, oh, maybe I will miss the kids and coming here every day and, you know, all of that. But ultimately after, you know, like a day or two into the summer, I was like, oh yeah, that was the best choice I ever made. Like <laughs> good riddance, I am done with that chapter. Um, so it's it's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, you know, but it at some point, you know, you've got to, you've got to choose what feels the most aligned for you. And it can be really hard to trust yourself. And it can be hard to, like you were saying, there's all these outside voices kind of telling you different things. Um, ultimately, you know yourself best. I knew that even if I worked at a bookstore for minimum wage and had a rent in Colorado in the front range, that's expensive. I was going to find some way to make that happen because by the time I left teaching, I at least knew that much about myself. Like I will find a way to make what I want happen, even if it means I'm eating ramen noodles every day for every meal because I can't afford anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just having that piece um, made me feel a little more confident in my decision. I think two kind of things came to mind when you just said all of that. And one is do you think that the money comes when you start to do things that you're aligned with that you're passionate about because oftentimes you know we get these corporate jobs because of the income and because mm -hmm. of the comfort and the stability 
but often then we sacrifice the happiness, the fulfillment. If you make these decisions and you um, just keep moving forward with them, keep trusting the process. And like you said, you're just going to make it happen. Like, do you think that money will come? Like you can make money, like you can find money anywhere. It's like, whether that's being, you know, at a bookstore at McDonald's, like wherever, like you can, you can find money. And so do you kind of think that that was, did, did that thought go through your head at all of like, oh shit, what, like money, like what's going to happen? Money definitely played a factor of like, oh man, how will I pay my bills? Especially when I didn't have a job at first. Um, it's also not a secret that like teaching doesn't pay a ton. So it's not like I was like rolling in money before and it was like, oh man, now I'm not going to have anything. I was like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck still. Um, and I think, I think that more like a mindset thing, you know, kind of like what you put out to the universe is what you're going to get back. And so when you start talking about things, I think that can attract whatever you're looking for. Um, for example, when I was starting writing, I was at a wedding and I was talking to a friend from college and said, yeah, you know, I'm doing this job, but what I really want to do is freelance copywriting. He's like, well, we need one at the company I started a few years ago. Do you want to come on and be a freelance copywriter for us? And I was like, yes, I've never done it before. He's like, doesn't matter. It'll be great. So they were the first person just from talking to someone and talking like what I wanted into existence found me money because I got to go start working for them and kind of start this side business that way. So I do think that, that like money does exist out there and you need to find, you might need to get creative with what you're going to do, or you might need to say, all right, yeah, my dream is to work in a bookstore. It's not going to pay the bills. So how else can I get there? And there's ways to find that. If you are expecting to work at the bookstore or wherever you're going to work and have that pay for everything like I am all for a fair living wage for everyone um it's a lot harder there's you're not always going to find a place that can pay you that fair living wage so sometimes I think taking things like into your own hands in some way is kind of what needs to happen Mm -hmm. so there have been multiple times in my life at least where the word quitting or quitter comes into play. And I don't know about you, but for me, that just kind of like kills my soul a bit because (laughs) I would never classify myself as a quitter. I find it more of just like knowing myself well enough to know when it's time to like say enough is enough. And so has anyone ever kind of, you know, called you a quitter? And is it like, like, when do you draw that line of, like you're saying, you know, you tried, you tried again, you tried again with teaching. And where do you kind of draw that line of, I'm going to keep pushing this out in hopes that it'll get better and I'm going to quit. But like, is it quitting or is it just like a decision that just needs to be made? So I've never been called a quitter by someone else. I think I've called myself that before when I like wasn't in a good headspace, you know, being like, man, like, am I just quitting because I worked at three different schools in the outdoor ed center so my resume was like one year here one year there one year here and I was like oh people aren't going to like my resume it's all over the place well with teaching it doesn't really matter because they need teachers everywhere so they're like great you're hired (laughs) you know you've you've got experience the only person that has ever questioned my experience on a resume and why it was one year was um a tutoring company that I was applying for to work at like two hours a week. And they were like, well, you kind of have a lot of different experience. And I was like, 
well, yes, that's positive vibe works at all these different schools. And for them, they didn't see it that way. And I was like, well, you know what? I wasn't the fit for you and, and that's fine. But beyond that, I've always seen it as, as trying to find a better aligned job, which, you know, can be kind of have this grass is always greener mentality of, oh, if I leave this school, well, that school is going to have more or that corporation will have something different. And sometimes like you just don't know until you try that. And mm-hmm. that can be both good and bad. You know, it can be a scary thing. You can kind of become my own worst enemy where I'm like, oh, like, let me try that thing. Let me try that one. And then, yeah, I do kind of have this fragmented resume. Um, another reason where I want to work for myself, because I don't care about my resume. I think it's great, you know? <laughs> so, yes. yeah, I don't think I've ever, I've never really considered myself a quitter, but more, I thought that like maybe I'm a little too flighty or I don't give things a fair shot is okay. kind of what I've heard from maybe my parents in, in those terms. But even if, even if I don't even give a school a fair shot, I gave teaching a very fair shot. It was six years, you know, and nothing worked how I wanted it to. And so I think, I think I still feel okay with my decision, but there were times when I was like, oh, maybe I should just stay for another year so that my resume looks better. And so that my coworkers don't think that I'm just this young kid who doesn't know what they're doing. And, you know, like that got to me a little bit more, I think, than the, like the quitting piece itself, I think. And do you at all regret your decision to stay as long as you did? You know, you said that first year you knew that maybe it wasn't for you. Um, Do you think you could have made that decision after that year? Or do you think it, it definitely just needed to take that long for you to decide that? You know, I think I could have made the decision earlier, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I would have found something. Who knows what I would have found, but I would have found something. But I think that teaching at all those different places really solidified that it wasn't the school. It was the career. And so now looking back, I've never, like since I've been out of teaching now for four or five years, and I've never been like, oh, but like maybe I never found the right school and that would actually be better. Right. I'm like, nope, I tried the outdoor school. I tried a mixture of the two. I tried really traditional. I tried um, more like exploratory. I tried all of these things and nothing felt good. So all of that has led me to be like really, really solid in the decision that I've made now because, you know, there are things that I love about teaching that I miss and I love working with kids and, and all of that. And then there's a lot of the bureaucracy that I don't like. And so I think had I not gone through all of those schools now I would have started having some of those thoughts of like should I re-up my teaching certificate because it's coming up on expiring just in case I wanted to go back and teach and maybe I didn't find the school that I wanted you know so I think that's more um yeah that's kind of how that came out yeah the whole I mean that goes back to grass is always greener right like you quit yep. quit sooner there's other things that you're dealing with you quit later and it's like yeah I find it not super helpful sometimes to to dwell on those things like I try not mm-hmm. to look at my decisions and be like oh yeah I regret that because it just doesn't do anything for moving forward you know like you can't you can't change it you kind of just have to work with it but yeah. I do 
I do quite like that you are kind of like, once I started talking about the things that I wanted, it it helped me get it. And it just kind of does come to show that it, it really does matter who you know, and not mm-hmm. necessarily what is on this piece of paper, because my paper looks good, but a lot of people don't like my paper. So I'm yeah. like, it's fine. <laughs> you, you take your job and you go somewhere else with it. Yeah. But. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because um, I work in sales now with my, you know, my nine to five. And it's kind of what you just said was when people know you, they'll trust you and your paper doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So if you've got a friend or an acquaintance or a colleague or whoever it is, and you're saying, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. And they say, Oh, great. I've, you know, I would love to come out and talk about X, Y, or Z. Well, great. You just made a connection. They don't care what the rest of your resume looks like, or they don't care, you know, about what you've done before. They had some connection to you and they like that. piece. And it's interesting because that's how sales works as well. And, you know, if you just walk up to someone and say, Hey, do you want to buy X, Y, or Z? They're probably going to say no but you've got to find some way, you know, to connect with them or create some type of relationship so that they trust you so that you then have more of a chance to, you know, sell whatever you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like you kind of had to go through all of these ups and downs experiences to kind of get mm-hmm. to where you are. Did Do you have any advice or like little tips for anyone that is you when you were younger and just kind of like doesn't know what the path is they're not happy in what they're doing they want to do something more purposeful more passion filled but maybe they they don't know how to get started like like you were saying even you said that you have no idea how to start a business and so you're like oh but now you started a business so Mm -hmm. do you have any advice on that yeah I think some is just to trust yourself and know like if you're not happy in what you're doing recognize that and that's it can be hard to recognize that especially if you were kind of in my position of being told you're going to be a teacher forever and then having to remove teacher from my identity um so trusting yourself there talk to the people around you ask people around you what they think you are good at and that can kind of start to open up some different different ideas to you and right now, like we live in, you know, the, the internet's great and it can also be a terrible place, but there's so much like wonderful information on it, that there are all of these online courses that you can take that give you some type of knowledge without you needing to go get a new degree. So you want to do copywriting? Great. You can find a copywriting course for as cheap as a few hundred dollars up through a few thousand dollars, but you're not paying for another, you know, bachelor's degree that's going to cost you who knows how much. Um, the summer program that I did was definitely an investment. It was a few thousand dollars, I think, but it kickstarted my career and it gave my new career. And it gave me this, um, like the, the clout of having the name of the program that I did kind of can help in applying for jobs down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think exploring, like before you just jump into like, okay, well, I need to go get a new bachelor's and that's too much money. So how am I going to pay? And you kind of go down this rabbit hole of, okay, well, it's too much. I'm not even going to do it. See if there's other online courses that that you can find to do that are a lot cheaper that you can also do at your own pace often while you're working your current job because it also gives you a little like motivation to be like, oh, okay, I'm in my nine to five. Don't love that. But I get to go work on this course. It's something that I'm really interested in. I put money into it. 
putting time into it, I can start to see a new career in that. And I think there's there's a lot more possibility than people think. And a lot of these online programs too, they'll teach you skills that are really sought after. Like there's a lot of tech programs you can do. There's a, you can learn how to code. You can learn how to use different like merge um, management systems. You can do all these different things in a fully different field than what you're doing now. And it's like a little mini degree for two grand versus 200, you know, that you'd pay at the university. Yeah. Well, and I imagine for writing and I mean, copywriting too, just like all of these skills and things that you've decided to do. Like, I mean, I think it goes with any job genuinely. I think the more you do and the more experience you have, the more life experience you have, it really does show up in a day-to-day in any job that you decide to do or any like business that you decide to pursue. Um, So do you see yourself kind of doing copywriting then for the time being, or do you see yourself, you know, like this is a business that I want to build, but maybe one day I'll want to build another business. I think it's more like that. Um, I like learning. And so I always am interested in learning something new. And so right now, copywriting sounds great. And I want to build that business to eventually become fully self-employed and not have to have like a corporate position at the same time. Will it always be copywriting? Maybe, but I'm also interested in teaching other copywriters or kind of transitioning um, transitioning roles in that way or working with teachers who want to get into tech and doing something with that. So I have a lot of ideas constantly like in my head of like, oh, what if I did this? What if I did that? Which I think is another reason why I kind of jumped from job to job was I was looking for something different. But when you own your own company, you can kind of like do whatever you want and or like get good at one thing, get that thing stable and then start experimenting with something different, you know? And so I think copywriting, it's a great skill to have. So I think it's something, and it's something I love doing. So I'll do it for a while. Will I be doing it when I'm 60? I don't know, maybe, or maybe I'll, you know, have grown this business in some other direction where maybe copy's a piece of it, but it's not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And for those of, you know, for those people who are kind of like step one of, I have no idea how to start a business. Like I have this idea. I have 10 ideas. How did you decide which idea to move forward with? And like, what was your first, second step in the process? Yeah, I wanted something. I knew like the the qualifications. I wanted something remote. I wanted something a little bit more creative. I wanted something that paid well so that there was actually a shot of me doing it full time I wanted something with unlimited potential um, and something on my own schedule mm-hmm. and so tutoring it's great I love tutoring I love working with kids you're working still around a school schedule you know I'll go tutor at six o'clock at night because that's when the kids are done with dinner and I can be there so I'm very locked into like that one time And then once I kind of started thinking about all these other things, I was like, oh, I could, you know, create a course. Well, I don't really have a platform to create a course. I don't have, you know, an email list. I don't have this thing or that thing. So everything started to take, or it just started to take a little bit longer as I was going down that road. And I was like, well, it's going to be a long time before this is profitable, probably. And 
then again, it was talking to a friend who mentioned copywriting. And at first I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like maybe. And then I started researching it more and was like, actually, this kind of checks all those boxes that I wanted. It just checks them in a different way than I thought that it would be done. And it's a skill that I could use regardless of any other business. So I'd say like for people who are looking to make these changes, but don't really know what to do, it can feel really scary. You know, I was talking to a friend recently and she wants to leave teaching and I was like, oh, there's this program and this thing and this thing. And I think she got off the call and was like, oh my God, that was like way too much information because she doesn't even know what path she wants to go down. And in my head, I'm like, that's so cool. You get to go explore all these different things. And when you're in it, it can feel really scary. So I think figuring out what are your like non-negotiables for the job? Do you need an office and do you need people in the office with you because you work better that way? Okay, well then that shifts your position and it might cut out a few jobs that you know I might find really interesting because I want to be remote. And so even just figuring out those things or the skills that you want to be using can then help you start to navigate a job that could work for you or a business idea that could work for you in that way. And, you know, for some people, a business, they're like, I don't really care if I make money. It's for fun for me. Great. Okay. Then, you know, you've got a really different platform than what I want, where I want it to replace my full-time income eventually. Mm -hmm. So are you a solo act right now? Do you plan on having employees or how's that? Right now, just solo maybe one day employees I don't know if I want to manage employees right but I think get a manager for (laughs) (laughs) maybe at some point it'd be nice to have um like depending on how big the writing grows just to have other people to go to I'd like to have more partners I would say so you know partnering with other copywriters so when I have overflow I could pass to them or partnering with graphic designers so that when someone comes to me for copy I can say hey I've got this great graphic designer for you over here if you'd like that so maybe not employees but partners in that sense got it my last kind of question for you well number one is definitely let everyone know where they can find you um, and what services you offer But the last thing I do want to ask you, what does moving towards good feel like to you? Well, people can find me at tcfcopy.com. And so I offer copywriting services. It really can be anything, you know, blog posts, email copy, sales copy, sales page copy. I'm happy to do anything in that nature. And in terms of moving towards good, for me, it's finding... I think finding freedom with my time. Mm-hmm. And so it's working towards and moving towards a schedule where I get to create all of it. I get to be my boss. I get to trust myself inherently in all of these decisions that I'm making and not have to be reliant on an outside source or company to provide that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that, in that moving towards good in that way, it, it allows time for travel and it allows time for outdoor activities and it allows me to do all those other things that I love to do without feeling drained from my work at the end of the day, feeling excited and fired up for the next day and what's to come in the future. So for now, that's, that's me moving towards good, I think, and kind of what I'm, what I'm aiming for. Do you have 
I mean, I'm just curious, like with your schedule right now, like, do you have a lot of outside time um, to do those like outdoor activities, travel and stuff? Um, just like based on what you've said about your schedule, do you have a lot of time right now? Or are you kind of like head down getting stuff done? It depends. So since I'm remote, I can travel fairly easily because um, I can just work wherever I am. So that part is a little bit easier. And, you know, I live 15 minutes from hiking trails and lakes and paddle boarding and all of that. So I've positioned myself in a place where even if I've only got an hour after work, I can still go get outside and do these things. And I'm, again, pretty protective of my time. So if I know that I want to go get outside after work, then I'm going to get up earlier to do my writing or whatever it is before that. And I've like flipped it. I'm like, well, what's my five to nine in the morning that I can do for my job and then I, or for my business. And then I can, I can do my work and then spend the evening doing those things that I love, like being outside or, and all that. So there's a way to make it all work. You just gotta like, you gotta be willing to fit it in. so much for tuning in to another episode of the blue rose podcast if you guys are loving these episodes please don't forget to subscribe on apple music and spotify you can also find me on instagram and youtube at becca blue rose where episodes are also released with video individual episodes with just me are released every tuesday morning episodes with guests are released every thursday morning and i am sending you guys good vibes and we'll chat soon